welcome sad clowns, bearded ladies, dwarves, magicians, people who love exotic animals in cages, and other cabbage-smelling carnival folk. This is Saiboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike. Joining me once again is the Jonathan Astro and the AJ. <laughs> that was Very delightful. Good. Very good. We should call it like, you know how they've got in 1984, it's the two minutes of hate. I think that should be like, it's like the 15 seconds of hate that you do at the beginning. It's hate speech, yeah. really, is what you're saying. It's what, it's what you're doing. It's hate speech. So you might think it's funny, but we all know what you're really doing. <laughs> anyway, fuck that. AJ, how are you? Great. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, all right. I'm having a baby tomorrow, all right? Well, I'm not having a baby. <laughs> Katie's having a baby. But I'll be there. You will. So, yeah. What do you think of people who say we're pregnant? I think fuck you for saying we're you pregnant. Did. Is, that, is that what you think? <laughs> the people who go, people who go, we're pregnant. And like, I understand why they're doing that, but do you? I, let's, let's, well, I do. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't like it, but it's, um, and I, and I think, and I hate you for saying it, but, but I understand why you're saying it. You're trying to get in on something. Like, isn't that the ultimate form of, Claiming credit for someone else's work? Yes. Yeah. Ultimate. Mm. Like ultimate putting your name on the assignment saying, yeah, I did heaps of this group group work <laughs> assignment. And you go, you did none of it, mate. You did none of it. He did the good part. Katie has endured the <laughs> bad the, part. <laughs> the fun yeah. part. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> anyway. Now, speaking, speaking of birth, before we go on, one year ago today, we gave birth to a podcast called The what? New Flesh. One year ago. Today? Today. today. Wow. Really? But, yes. but wait, it's going to be all messed up because people are going to, anyway, doesn't matter. That's exciting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Happy birthday. Wow. Happy birthday yeah. to us. <laughs> so let's just reflect on that. Um, AJ, how, how do you think it's gone so far? Good? Oh, we've had our ups and downs. We could have a little <laughs> bit of a montage. We, we haven't been cancelled yet. Wait, I haven't. Not you've yet. actually had to listen to some of the early stuff recently for various reasons, Ricky. Did, did you actually listen to some of it or not really? No, not really. <laughs> oh, I didn't. It's <laughs> just to keep moving forward. Yeah, just yes. move forward. Don't think yeah. about it. Don't like think, so like Miles Davis, apparently he never used to listen to any of the stuff he recorded. It's like once it was in the bag, that was it. it. He moved on to the next thing. Yeah, well, yeah. totally. I mean, you know, let's just, let's look, you know, I, to be honest, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know anything. So just uh, <laughs> let's just keep keep moving. Uh, thank you, everyone, for for a year, and let's do another. Let's just let's just keep it rolling until we don't like each other anymore. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> tonight, Santa Sangra, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so so this means holy blood. Yes? It does. Yeah. Okay, that's it. It's, it's okay. All right. Well, that's what it means. Santa Sangra, Hodowowski, uh, written by Hodowowski himself. Uh, Roberto Leone and Claudio Argento. So another another madcap uh, adventure. Mm. You know? <laughs> did you did did you all watch this with partners or alone? Alone. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Do you think your partner could have watched it with you? No. No. Well, I I think I think this is one. I think this is one that Wenger could could have actually watched. I thought. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it was a bit more palatable than, say, El Topo or the Holy Mountain. Yeah, I don't know. There, there are some sweet moments in this. Like, I know it does get crazy. And Did she we watch the would, same? Same. Is she probably? <laughs> 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 we all on the same. Uh... <laughs> well, you don't. You don't like like that one. Did that one?
story follows Phoenix, uh, played by one of Hodorowski's sons, Axel Hodorowski, whom we meet uh, at a low ebb. He's in a mental asylum, nude and gnawing on a fish like an animal. So <laughs> that's just the beginning. That's a setup. That's, that's just for starters. Are you with me? <laughs> Phoenix isn't just a clever name because he's got a large, colorful phoenix tattooed upon his chest. Okay. All right. So it's all connected. Anyway, we flash back to his childhood where the young Phoenix, played by uh, another Hodowowski, a younger Hodowowski son, when he was some kind of child magician uh, in the circus. And then we meet the fam. Uh, there's Orgo the knife thrower, that's Phoenix's dad, and Concha his mother, a trapeze artist who, in her spare time, runs a popular religious cult centered around a girl who had her arms cut off by soldiers. Uh, but we'll get back to that. Um, another popular attraction at the circus is the tattooed lady, a sexually aggressive woman with fiery red hair and dirty green tats and her adopted daughter, Alma, a deaf mute tightrope walker. Okay. There's also a pack of clowns, a dwarf named Aladdin and a smallish elephant. (laughs) So that's just all the people that are in it. Anyway, Concha's cut off girl, girl cult, cut off, cut off arm, cut off arm girl Cut off arm girl cult. <laughs> Let me try it again. Conscious cut off arm girl cult is shut down by a big time Monsignor because it's sacrilegious. Fairly obvious reasons, I would have thought. And anyway, she's uh, as it's getting bulldozed, she's quite happy to be run over by the machines, it seems, to go down with her, her beautiful church. Uh, young Phoenix, Phoenix looks on and he runs over to her and she seems to relent and remember herself and she returns to the, the circus but discovers her husband, Orgo, is having an affair with the tattooed lady, okay? So Concha flies off the handle but Orgo manages, manages to hypnotise the woman and then he porks her for good measure <laughs> while, um, while young Phoenix watches on in horror. So that's that happened. Anyway... Uh, the elephant in the circus dies and Phoenix doesn't take it well, uh, but Orgo decides to make him a man by tattooing a phoenix on his chest, much like his own. So, you know, like father, like son. So Mother Concha catches the tattooed woman again uh, with Orgo canoodling and takes the matters into her own hands. She sneaks up as they are mid-coitus and pours acid on Orgo's pecker. Orgo retaliates by cutting off Concha's arms and slitting, slitting his own throat, again in full view of young Phoenix. <laughs> Uh, the, the tattooed woman and Alma, the deaf mute, escape into the night, never to be seen again. And this is where we cut back to the present in the mental asylum, which we introduced at the beginning. Phoenix, uh, after you know, uh, after having his fish, hits the town with some other patients, uh, all of whom have Down syndrome. More on that later. Uh, anyway, while they're while they're out, 
He spots the tattooed woman, now a prostitute, plying her wares on the street uh, to disgustos. And um, uh, she also seems to be pimping out her daughter, Alma, as well, unbeknownst to her, which is a bit rough. Anyway, back in the asylum, Phoenix hears his armless mother, Concha, calling to him from the street outside, and he escapes through the window. After that, the tattooed woman is then killed mercilessly by the hands of an unseen woman. We only see her hands and her beautiful fingernails. Uh, Phoenix shacks up with his mother and they perform kind of a show together whereby he stands behind her and axes her arms. But things turn sour when Concha sort of uses Phoenix's arms to kill women he's got the hots for. So no spoilers, but yeah, there's there's, there's more than a few, a few of them. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Alma, uh, the deaf mute, finds Phoenix finally and they plan to run away from his domineering mother. She tries to force Phoenix to kill Alma, uh, the concha that is, that his mother tries to force Phoenix to kill uh, Alma, the deaf mute, but he manages to drive the knife into into concha and it's revealed that his mother actually died all those years ago. Uh, I mean, she did have her arms cut off, so I mean... You know, she lost a lot of blood, so I think... Anyway, uh, and since then, poor old Phoenix has been, to be frank, a, a full mentalist. There's no... I don't have another way to put it. Uh, he's just been performing with a dummy and actually killing the women himself. So, there's, yeah, yeah, anyway. Alma leads him outside to the police, uh, and then they call for him to raise his hands, which he does, realising that he's regained control of his hands and his soul, his life is his own. And that's the end. Santa Sagra. Okay. Off, off to jail with you. <laughs> yeah, he goes to jail, but he uh, seems seems happy with it all. So, <laughs> so that's the story. So I know another long synopsis, but it's one of those dense plots that I think you just need to have sort of stepped through because until you hear it or or see it in all those steps, you sort of just, I think it just sort of happens to you. Mm. It's, you no <laughs> <laughs> it's no nine months. It's no nine months. <laughs> No, breeze through that one. That was nothing, yeah. There was nothing to that. So is is the is the Claudio Argento uh who who was part of the production is that is he a relation to Argento? Yes. Yes, he is uh, Dario Argento's brother. Uh, oh. uh younger brother I suspect and the producer of all Dario Argento's movies. And certainly so I think he did this movie as a as a real palate cleanser. He'd done by that point, so many of Argento's movies, and he just wanted to do, you know, something else. Mm. So he ends up doing this movie, and um, the you know his his presence, the Argento presence, that is the the Argento DNA is very obvious. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean it's pretty evident which scene you thought of, right? Yes. Well, it's particularly any of the like the murder scenes and stuff like that, the mm. killing. Yes, I think so. That's definitely, you know, um, probably my major criticism of the film, actually, like the Argento stuff. Like, I mean, I think that Hodowowski's got his own uh, own, his own style and Argento's, the Argento family brand is very is a very uh, sort of domineering uh, fragrance. Hmm. And, <laughs> and it's sort of like, the, the, you know, these, this, the, the murder scene is just really drawn out and, and yeah. you know, I, I quite like that normally in, in his stuff. But here it just it seemed like Hodorowski would have, you know, maybe not done it like that. I could be wrong. But a mm. um, couple of other things on that, like um, I think it comes across in some of the performances as well and the scenes because Argento insisted that the film be shot in English. 
to oh, maximize yeah. commercial success in the US. And with the Italians, they often don't record, well, they didn't at the time, record direct sound on set. So they just don't even bother with sound, right? So you turn up to work. It's all done in post. Oh, yeah, wow. you just do it in post. So, so, so Fistful of Dollars and all those famous Clint Eastwood movies. Um, he's, I think Clint's even talked about, yeah, guys like playing frisbee while they're shooting and stuff like, like making all the noise in the world because it doesn't matter. Like you, you're, you're not using any of the sound, right? And then they just literally just dub it all over at the end. So they've done that here. And then weirdly, this is why the films got a bit strange. They dubbed it in Italy with Italian speaking English imitating Mexican accents. <laughs> That's amazing. How come they haven't been cancelled? <laughs> They should should be cancelled, but they're not. It doesn't. It does give it an extra strangeness, though, don't you think? Mm. It does, but it's that. It's that. It's got that same. Have you noticed? It's whenever something about this style of shooting with no direct sound and doing it all in post, and and something about the, the. I don't know the way that it gets. Whenever there's an Argento on set, the way it gets people to act like the tattooed woman is doing the ultimate Argento like acting ever you know what I mean the way so but the as you say the 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 sum total is this weird it's the same weird tone that was in demons Mm. yeah you know there's something going on a fever in the air you know so there's this weird Argento like fever as well as Hodorowsky's (laughs) so that was my yeah my take there well, I, I think the mother having control over Phoenix's arms is an amazing idea, <laughs> and that that's obviously Hodowowski there. Mm. You know, it's like it's like surreal and it's and it's shocking, and and some of the choreography is is so well timed. You know, there's that breakfast scene where um, mm. she's she's eating toast and having coffee, but but he's the he's her arms, and but but even like the mat, it's not just functional. It's like you know, it's even compliments uh, how she's speaking and, and her mannerisms mm. as well, which is quite amazing. Without me, you are nothing. No one sees you and no one notices you, just like your stupid hero. Watch it. You're getting me dirty. <sighs> now we are going to practice my concert. Were you waiting for a scene where the mother uses Phoenix's hands to frig herself off? Oh. Because I was I was waiting for that. I, I thought it was on the cards. That's where <laughs> shit's starting yeah. to take off. I didn't know if I... <laughs> Yeah, AJ, I don't know if I was waiting for it. Um, I could have, you know, I could have, I'll take it or leave it. Take but, it uh, but Ricky was, was waiting for it, hanging out. He was like, he was like, when shit, you're angry. Like, when, when the fuck is the scene? When is the scene? When is it happening? Fuck you, Hodorowsky. Fuck you. I mean, oh, what's all this shit about the soul and all this crap? Get you freaks. I put on, I put up with all these freaks. Give me the good, good stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of freaks, El Topo had a lot of disabled people and and other sort of deformed persons, but I feel like they were only bit players. But in this film, I feel like the freaks take more of a central role. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Yes. So, AJ, who who was your favourite freak? Oh, I really liked the, all the Downs people. I, I like Downs people. 
I've never seen that many Down <laughs> syndrome lot. people in a film, in a scene. Like, I mean, that that incredible. That that's that's the first time I've ever seen that. Like, normally, like that show, Life Goes On, many years ago, or whatever. There's one or mm. something, like, you know, or or whatever. But this was like so many mass representation. Uh, yeah, like I mean, and it was um, it's so quite extraordinary and really dangerous as well because it it that scene where. They, they, the, the doctor, the sort of deadbeat doctor, takes them out and just goes off with his girlfriend <laughs> and leaves them to go and watch Robinson Crusoe this movie. But a pimp just rolls yes. up and <laughs> gets them, gets the Down syndrome mm. guys coked up, yeah. and then they go and wander the streets and hang out with the prostitutes. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> now you will see a nice film about Robinson Crusoe. Anybody here? Come on, Phoenix. so that that obese prostitute she gets paid five bucks to fuck five mongs is that a fair <laughs> price do you think <laughs> john just closed his eyes and took a moment uh, um <laughs> i i um that's that's yeah, look, one dollar per mong look i don't know what the going rate is to be honest with you. It seems a bit exploitative to me, unless, of course, she's doing it for the fun of yeah, it. That's, but... the ex- that's the exploitation. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Ricky, you've got problems. <laughs> he can't even pull himself together. Look at him. I, I think she needs to talk to her union rep or something, you know. It's just... Yeah, no, it's... um. <laughs> it's probably... She'll probably bump the price up, but... Uh... You think Jordan Peterson's got to say about her? <laughs> oh yeah, so so Jordan just got uh, he just left Twitter in a huff because he weighed in on um, that BBW Sports Illustrated cover chick. You see this, Ricky? I have, yeah. But isn't that Sports Illustrated cover? Is that old or is that new? It's a new one. Uh, it's a new BBW, mm, right? They've done it. They've done it before. They yes, love, it was yeah. always coming. It was inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's an it's it's progress. Yeah. Sports Illustrated. What what sport does she play? <laughs> I don't think they've ever played sport. It's always models, isn't it? Isn't it always mo- swimsuit models? Isn't that yeah. the point? Well, swimming is a sport, right? <laughs> I don't think they do much of that. I, think they... <laughs> I don't so... think they have the shoulders for it. But he left Twitter, though. That's weird. Oh, no, because he said, like, he's, it's, his quote's now famous as well because he said something like, not beautiful... <laughs> Uh, no amount of authoritarian control or whatever will ever change that or whatever. And now everyone's been doing that that comment about stuff. Yeah. So not beautiful, you know. I so, feel like he did over anyway. a few wines, some yeah, muscle yeah. relaxants. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not as combative on yeah. I don't feel the need to comment on that stuff. But uh, perhaps one day. Look, this film, again, overall, and Ricky's touched on some of it, is, again, completely beyond the pale, really. <laughs> Like with dwarves, knife fellatio, ampu- mm. fake amputees, which now is a no-no because it had like, you know, now they'd be mm. like, 
real or nothing. Uh, abuse of disabled people, um, you know, again, again, they're real Down syndrome people, but you can't win though because they'd be like now nowadays they'd be like, well, you know, they they weren't the leads, and you go, well, there's a they've got got a job, and they'll work, and they go, yeah, but. You know, like either the movie's a hundred percent about them, or they're not in it. <laughs> Shut the movie down, because yeah, yeah. because the rule is with or with minorities or rather the activists that rep- the the able-bodied activists that represent all these people, or whatever. They would be like shut the whole thing down we want no one we want nothing to happen and then you go okay nothing happens then and they go yeah good and that's it that's the end of it Maybe so anyway on. yeah moving <laughs> on. so tra- there's trans and stuff which we'll get into later uh animals mm. again yeah tigers t- tigers just in the background again mm. <laughs> like i mean well there were dead know. chickens and yeah. dead pigeons and elephant was you know probably drugged mm. Mm. And oh, and this is my big one: making kids watch everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie couldn't stop thinking about making kids watch. But isn't that isn't that what you know? Some of these trans activists want in the classroom, like telling telling the kids, yeah, the, <laughs> the groomers telling the kids all about what they're doing in the bedroom, who they're doing it with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're just trying to educate. What's yeah. your what's your problem, you stiff? The whole movie <laughs> should be a parenting guide for you guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's sort of like, you know, really inducting your kids into, into how it should go. Hey, did you guys pick out the mumbo number five sound? I did. Mm. Oh! <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of mumbo in this. I, I actually really like it. Mm, me um, too. Yeah, they're using it in a number of places, but uh, it underscores the scene when the tattooed woman gets murdered, I think, so... It's sort of a weird pairing mumbo with with like a murder scene, but but then works. perfect finish, mm. the knife, yes. the last knife. I was like, I cheered. I was like, oh wow, fantastic, yeah, perfect finish. <laughs> well, that that that's a very Argento thing. I feel. Mm. Yeah, because because towards the end, uh, when uh, oh, it's when it's at the very end where the mum has got the two knives. Well, it's the mum and and the son, uh, and and with every sort of stab of the knife, there's like this this orchestral sting. Mm. I feel yes. like that was a very Argento thing, you know. Yep, I got that yeah. too. <laughs> I don't know whether they needed it, you know. It's like it's like you were saying, like the fingerprint of, of of Argento. You know, you can spot it, but but does Hodorowski well, need it? You know, because the movie did didn't really uh, betray its time and place, not much. You know, and only I could barely tell that it was the eighties. I could barely mm. tell that you know what I mean, yeah, where yeah. it was or whatever, and it just seemed to be happening in its own world. And then there was, you know, once we were in that mansion at the end, and some of that music was happening, I was like, okay, now this is this is yeah. Argento land, you know, yeah, like it yeah, was yeah. late eighties. Suddenly, yeah, yeah, it, it sort yeah. of revealed itself a bit more. They were off location, I think, but uh, but very much a family affair from the Hodowowskis. What did we think? Four of his sons wow. are in. This. Yeah, yeah. And wide age age ranges too. Mm. Well, that's that's you know that's how you got to do it. Just like you know, um, spread them out, and then they can really go to work. For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
They were very good. They were very good. Yes. yes. Oh, well, I obviously, you know, for the for, for I didn't expect it really. I mean, I hadn't seen this film really uh, at all, and so it took me a while. I was it was uncanny. I was looking at the lead guy, and I was like, "How did Hodowski make himself like so young?" That's what I was thinking at the start. Yes, because yeah. it's totally. He's younger than he's young. He would be younger than he is in El Topo, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and so I was like, "This is frightening." And the kid as well. I was like, "Oh my god, how did he get it? How did he get a kid that looked exactly like him?" Yeah. And I now I know. <laughs> yeah. But there's also two others. There's the pimp is is another one, and then one of the orderlies at the hospital. Ah, oh, the pimp so looked all like, looked less like him. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd go with that. But but beautiful. They're all. Beautiful movers. Mm. Yes. You know? Yeah. Do you notice this? Mm. Like the, the pimp, incredible dancing and, and yep. just, just the, you know. They're, apparently they're... Sons of Mime as well. Well, apparently Hodowski studied with uh, Marcel Marceau for a while. Really? Oh. Yeah. So oh, wow. it, I feel like this is, uh, you know, a show a showbits family, you know. It's like they've all been doing dance classes and tap since they were like four years old or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally. And do you think uh, Phoenix's um, that's Axel Hodowowski, whether his flips and stuff were him? That's some some of it seemed legit, like when when well, he was in in uh, in the mental institution. He does well, he went to mind school and stuff. He went to he was, he was properly trained, so yeah, definitely. Mm. And I don't. And look, do you think that Hodowowski wouldn't be saying you've got to? Oh, don't worry. We'll get someone else to do it. Like he'd be he he. There were scenes where he just had him wrestling an actual python. Yeah. Out of his pants, it comes out of his pants. Yeah, like it looked like it was actually trying to kill him at one. Point. I know and that I was, was kind of scary. I was looking at that, going, uh, you know, that that snake looks like he wants to have a go. So Horowski doesn't care. He doesn't care. Even I was thinking so, that in during the tattoo scene. Oh, do, do you mean the the, the um, doing boy. the tattoo? Yeah, when he's biting yeah. down and he's crying. Yeah, and what is he yeah. really getting? What's really getting done to him? This kid is just giving it a hundred and ten. Yeah. You know? Because his dad's like, uh, I will, I will punish you. I'll put you in the red room later if you don't do it. You know. But also a tattoo with a massive like knife as well. It's not. Yeah. It's not mm. like a proper, proper tattoo artist here. It's old school. So, so many incredible scenes. Uh, I don't even know where to start. The, the, the sexual knife throwing. Mm, There's two scenes of that, which is just amazing. <laughs> like, like, you know, throwing these these knives and then, then the tattooed lady going like, oh, and like the one between her legs. Yeah. Just like, oh, and then like. And lick, know, licking, licking the, the one. Knife. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, that's the sort of stuff that we just don't get anymore. We don't get any more mm. of that, that playful naughtiness. Again, mm. it's. All Infinity mm. Gauntlet and whatever else. Does does knife play do it for you, AJ? <laughs> Not as much as it does for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's why you asked the question. That's right. like, oh. <laughs> And no, no, now you got to say, don't kink shame me. Yeah, don't kink shame me. If I want to bring knives into the bedroom, that's my own business, okay? So lots of other great stuff. Uh, 
the the clown this is a little bit the clowns are running up to the tattooed lady when she disrobes and they all like gather around her and they're just their dialogue <laughs> they're looking at all the all of her tattoos and they're going it's a peacock <laughs> oh it's the moon here's a fish cloud and a crab the ocean <laughs> and i was like love all that I, I thought I saw like the the Holy Mountain logo on there somewhere. I could oh, be wrong. Oh, probably. I mean, but like know, a you know, in the Holy Mountain. All... I think there's a, uh, a one of the logos. It's like a person meditating on the top of the mountain. So oh, yeah, I believe it. I totally believe it. Mm. So that was good. The elephant funeral. <laughs> oh yeah. Something. Yeah. So explain so it. Explain they all how dress it in black. Well, they all dress in black so that the poor elephant dies. You know, uh, and then there's a procession through the streets and 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 everyone in the circus is sort of in a in a in a in a grayscale or black version of their own costume right down to an american like a sort of a black or grayscale american flag and there's a this sort of giant uh like i don't know like sort of coffin black coffin that they put the thing it's huge they take it all the way down to this like cliff edge and then Orgo and Phoenix sort of stand by it and then eventually Orgo cuts the rope and the thing just flies off down into this like, I don't know, like sort of a, a, a garbage area, you know, near and then it just slams into the ground and then all these villagers run down and start hacking open the thing and taking the meat out. Throwing, throwing the trunk out to the hungry, hungry villagers. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, lots to lots to um, unpack there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but but either way, it's an incredible scene. You don't want to sort of pull it apart. You're just like, wow, that's that's just a spec, quite a spectacle, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. What's happened? The elephant is dying. Please, don't die. Or, or what about the destruction or rather just the church of the holy blood so one of the first scenes mm. you know in the film is is uh, uh um young phoenix's mother in her sort of self-styled church the most monsignor rolls up to to check it out he thinks it's going to be this 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 sort of beautiful uh you know fairly normal normal branch of the of the uh the, the catholic church i would imagine and he goes in there and everyone's dressed in red and they've got their own instead of a crucifix they've got these sort of crossed over arms as in a diamond shape which is the cut off arms of the of their of their saint this girl that was killed there and I thought, and then there's a big pool of blood in the in the center of the church that they've built everything around, uh, because the idea is, you know, that that's the blood of the girl that you know who died, and 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 just a just a, an amazing uh, indictment of of this of the symbols of, you know, religion, because if you've ever, because even the arms on their chest, the crossed over arms, if you've ever thought about it, you know, the crucifix is is a is a is a torture device. Mm. So so we hang or you hang a crucifix on around you and you've got like the uh, this actual torture device there. So seeing those arms on on the crossed over on on their chest I was like oh wow it was so dazzling, you know, the way and so uh imaginative and not not literal and not spelled out in the way that it would be. Please father help us. They want to destroy our temple. 
No one would dare do such a thing. Please, please, let me see your church. She tried to fight them off with all her strength, but they cut off her arms. They raped her and left her to die in a pool of blood. And on this ground, miraculously still wet with her holy blood, we built our church. As we get this out of the way now, because uh, I was watching it with Kay- I was watching it with Katie and um, heavily pregnant Katie, and uh, you know it's a couple of things that were quite intense. But mostly, she she just said she goes, oh wow, she goes, um, you always forget how important it is to watch movies like this and how uh, because she has to watch a lot of lot of um, sort of Netflix and teen shows and all sorts of uh, just modern up to date mainstream stuff for her work and everything, and so. You know, watching something like this was—it's just dazzling and colourful and grotesque and erotic and at times beautiful. And I think that it cracks open your reality. And that's—that's that's why, because you know, you look at the cover or you go, "Oh, geez, it's two hours. It's probably going to be heavy or whatever." But the dividends it pays—you just get so much out of it because you get to explore the outer boundaries of, of imagination. And that's not something that you get afforded on Netflix because it's again—it's literal. It's—it's it's set in the here and now. And here's the worst thing. The new shit, largely, it's inoffensive and aspirational. Mm. Aspirational. Well, so, like both weeks, I haven't known where we're going to end up. Yeah, I've had no idea where the film's going to go. I've I've, mm. I've checked the timestamp, seen that we're an hour in, and I'm like, I've got no idea what's going to happen in the next hour. And what you a treat, never get you know. Well, you do never get that because it's all laid out for you. They know the algorithm in Netflix knows, you know, how long you've been watching for and how long you're likely to. And they, you know, that feeds into the way they write them and the way they conceive of them. Mm. But this aspirational stuff is, is cancer because it's essentially anything that's aspirational, like where you've got, I don't know, the, the overly uh, confident and kooky, I don't know, smart aleck lgbt character or or whatever or all this sort of stuff it's essentially well-meaning propaganda um and not not to say that there's there's nothing wrong with being lgbt and whatever but but it's not the see the world we live in now it's not fair it's uneven it's offensive and the images for example the images i've seen coming out of shanghai over the covid lockdown period i thought about this today uh, those images have more in common with this movie than anything coming out of Hollywood, all this aspirational stuff. For example, like the sad and tragic, awful and darkly funny things you've seen. So like ancient Chinese grannies, like beating guys in white hazmat suits with sticks who are trying to get like, um, you know, swabs out of them or robotic dogs running around the street, with you know, howling out commands, people leaning out of windows, singing songs and being told not to sing, you know, don't, don't let your soul fly or whatever the fuck they said out, you know, out of that creepy joint. Bags of, of, of cats, 
you know, that they've rounded up for, for to be killed. And dogs getting uh, beaten in the streets, you know, to death right in front of their owners and whatnot. You know, these weird slow-moving riots, all these like really awful and people having breakdowns and having these weird i've watched these fights i'll move off this to say but i've watched these fights break out in shanghai right i don't know who's who like i don't know who's a cop who's not a cop like who, what the rules are because everyone's sort of just pushing and screaming at each other and behaving in such a weird way that um it's really strange and so the point of bringing this up is to say that these experiences they don't make sense right like the what like like none of those images make sense to me that i've seen on twitter they're awful and hilarious and scary and all hollywood can muster is nostalgia you know with maverick or dreadful shows like this superhero stuff like like i watched this little fucking the the show or some uh, sheila showed me a bit of this show the peacemaker some superhero fucking show on 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 binge or hbo max what the fuck is this shit john senna like just just i mean i was just like this is total garbage nonsense you know and so anyway we should we just need to be grateful that someone funded this movie and gave us this because you know on the outset if you're trying to make a piece of entertainment or or for whatever reason you'll make the peacemaker or you'll make Top Gun, but this movie was was came into being with 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 a completely different mission, mm. like a completely different approach and mission, and it's not something that I mean, they didn't even understand. Hollywood didn't understand it back then, but now, if you were like, oh, I want to tell the story about incorporate my childhood in the circus and i want to use this story about a, a guy who uses his mother's arms sort of <laughs> that aren't really there to kill women and i want everyone <laughs> to love him at the end and his yeah. soul to be free and those other oh and then there's the elephant and then you know what i mean like yeah. so all that stuff you know you just wouldn't get past minute one and yet it it's more imaginative and and more wonderful and 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 you know, it helps that this film is a lot more coherent, coherent than the previous film. So it's not just an experimental film. It actually uh, feeds off itself and there's callbacks and payoffs. And by the end, the final payoff is glorious. It's glorious. Raising the hands and yeah. you just go, oh, my God. And you go, this guy is a total master. So anyway, all of that is just to say that, yeah, I'm just grateful that we've got it because, you know, you don't get... You don't get uh, this when you when you tune into the shit nowadays because they're trying to do something else. Well, this this film actually, it's uh, Roberto Leone. He sort of started kickstarted this film. One of the writers. One of the writers. Yeah. So he was working in the uh, in the library of a psychiatric hospital where he'd been in contact with people suffering from mental disorders, and he, he developed a story about uh, dissociative identity disorder. And um, he told Argento about it, and Argento appreciated the story. He added to it, and then they both decided to present it to Hodowowski, who at that time I don't think he had he had made a film for about fifteen years. Uh, he kind of given filmmaking up and was was working more on his graphic novels and and um, comic strip stuff. Um, but then Hodowowski, he brought in a different element. He told the the, the guys about a, a serial killer in Mexico, one of the first serial killers in Mexico to get a lot of publicity, and a guy called uh, Gregorio 
uh, Cardenas Hernandez, also known as the Tacuba Strangler. So then Leonie and Jordowski ended up writing the screen together. And uh, apparently Jodowski, he met this Strangler in a backstreet bar in Mexico City. And so this, this serial killer, he wrote three books while in prison and he was regularly questioned and investigated by the country's top psychiatrists and criminologists. And he was allowed to pursue psychiatry and law studies while in prison. He learned to play the piano. He wrote poetry. He even married in prison and he had four kids. Uh, but in 1976, this is a really interesting story. He was pardoned. Maybe maybe, maybe he should be on Keeper and Creeper. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, par- he was pardoned by the then president of Mexico and he was invited by the Interior Secretary to give a speech uh, in the Congress of the Union where he was celebrated as a hero. He was hailed as a great example and a clear case of rehabilitation. How uh, many he- women did he kill? Uh, good, Irrelevant. Good question. Don't care. Relevant. Don't know. Don't know uh, a few. I think it's at least four. He was he was dapper, all right. Who cares how many women he killed? Let's <laughs> yeah. not get caught up in the fucking details. Yeah. But he, he completed his law studies and then worked as a lawyer until his death in nineteen ninety nine. Narcissist. Well what do you go well what do you that's an incredible story. What do you go <laughs> Jay's not, not convinced. So but what do you guys think of this idea of of rehabilitation? Bullshit. For someone like that, complete bullshit. bullshit. Do you think that? Do you think that people that, um, yeah, but, but that you, there's no, you know, redemption. For a psychopath, yeah. <laughs> He'd okay. be a psychopath. Well, yeah. Can, yeah, I think from Fair what enough. I can see here on Wikipedia, he had three. Oh no, sorry, four victims. Uh, I think they're all prostitutes. One sixteen, one nineteen, or oh, two sixteen and one nineteen. It doesn't say how old the other one is. So I don't know. I I thought for 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 that sort of crime, I don't know, because because mm. imagine if you let them out and they did it again, like that would be mm. the mm. the biggest tragedy. You know? Well, I don't know about letting people out. I don't, I don't know about that. But 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 I do like the idea of of you know. I, I guess I'm an old romantic or something. I like redemption and rebirth and uh, you know. But then again, you know, because uh, it's just I get caught on this this idea of I think people love saying this word evil or that guy's evil evil and i just don't know if i believe in evil you know what i mean i believe in 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 evil acts i believe in in dreadful things and and yeah. things that are unimaginably horrible but an evil person the thing is because the thing is even like suicide bombers who don't go through with it do grow up and and change and they do like the hot blood of youth is gone sometimes. And so obviously, yeah, AJ raised a good point. If you're a psychopath, that's that's something else. Like because when you see Ted Bundy talking that, you're like, Yeah. Hmm. That's right. And and the guys like that. I'm not talking about petty crime or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Talking, I said suicide yeah. bombers. I didn't say petty crime. <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't call 9-11 a petty crime. It was okay. <laughs> but that's why this movie is so is so good because it because it is it is so grey. Like you you love the guy, mm. but he's 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 killing all these birds. Well, and... there's a scene where where all of the the dead women who he's painted white yes. in his backyard get out of their graves and sort of haunt him. It is amazing. And there's mm. like 40 of them or yep. something. They're all surrounding him completely white, black bush. Yeah. And and and, and white out. white like like um wedding veils as well, which is weird. Yes. So, yep. I mean, incredible image, but you know, I guess in the end uh, I, you know, and who knows about real life, but but certainly in this movie, uh, I learned to love a serial killer, you know, and 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 I was like, completely moved at the end by him being free, mm. because within the internal logic of the movie, he 
he wasn't in in control of, mm. of of those of those murders and and that it was done at the end you know and he mm. and he even if he goes to prison for the rest of his life he still gets to be free mm. you know internally and that's so i guess if you're younger or whatever you go oh that's terrible but as you get on you start to go well no it's better to be free you know better to be you know free in the soul and the mind and have agency rather than be out in the world and at the mercy of your the, the vision of your armless mother getting you to kill her. So, uh, why does that guy pull his own ear off? And oh, then, seriously. And, and then he puts it in the mute girl's mouth. Now, do you think chicks have ever dug that? Because Van Gogh tried it. AJ, do you think Van Gogh got a lot of pussy from cutting his ear off? He's, he's not a very attractive man. Um, I was totally baffled by that scene. I was like, why, why did she stop? Because he's not very good looking. Um, <laughs> but she seemed to be. Was he so, interested? All right. So this is Alma, a uh, deaf mute girl, and she is out on the. She's escaped <laughs> from her, her disgusting mother and all that, and she's out on the street. And for some reason, she stops to this with this guy who's like there's some middle aged gross guy, and they share this look like she's got some, some sort of interest in him. And I'm like, mm. what? And then yeah, he, he sort of gets closer and slowly pulls off his ear, whether it's a latex ear or not, I don't know. And, yeah, tries to stuff it in her mouth, which I thought this was the only thing that made sense. I was like, yeah, well, it's off. Then, yeah. What else you can do with it? Put it where it belongs, right. you know, like whatever that means, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. That was weird and gross and completely in keeping with the rest mm, of the movie. That's so, right. You know? What did you think about when the Disgusto put her which, which in the arms? And rocked her like a baby. Oh, God. So this giant guy, <laughs> Alma again, her mum's <laughs> pimped her out. And then the, the, this giant Jaws from like Bond, like guy. Me- Mexican Jaws. Sort of figure. Yeah, Mexican Jaws. <laughs> like picks her up and like rocks her like a baby. And actually that was so much, it was so unsettling. because So much more unsettling than just trying to rape her or something yeah. like that. Like it's sort of like, because she didn't know that she'd been sold anyway, but he just comes in and just picks her up and starts rocking her like a baby. And there was, and the fact that, I mean, yeah, obviously there was no consent as to use the modern parlance. Uh, but then secondly, just that rocking like the baby. I mean, I'm not certain that there would have been any sex. No, that. I didn't you know? think so. I didn't get that vibe. And it was, and it was still creepy as all get out. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, that wasn't good. She's a deaf mute. You can do whatever you want with her. And no one will hear her. All right, well, let's talk about what is good. Keeper or creeper, here we go. So, 
Let's start. Let's start with the obvious. Uh, Axel Hodorowski as Phoenix. This is older Phoenix. So, all right, lean. Mm. So he's full, he's obviously you know he's 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 got that sort of lean athletic sort of look. He does. So he used to be a magician in the circus. Uh, again, not a consistent earner. I think there's been some <laughs> gaps in in the employment. So I don't know. I don't know what Can climb do, but... trees though. Yes, he's so if, if climbing. <laughs> See, that's not something you you know if an ask a partner. Can you yeah. climb trees? If he needs coconuts, he he's your man. Yeah, I guess so. So I don't know if this is a is a deal breaker or not. But the, two things that are sort of linked: soft spoken. Mm, so that's them. just yes, and feminine features in the face, mm. like plump lips. Yes, you know. So uh, they sort of go together to create this. Yes, yeah, a bit of a Lafemme vibe. So I don't know what you think. Now this is—I don't know what you think of this ponytail. <laughs> what do you think of the, the male pony? Um, I don't love it. It suits some people. Who? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyone who's not super rich, famous, that's true. You, can, you can wear it and just go. Here's my male pony, and you yeah. go. Mm. I've I've never understood those guys that have a ponytail but never get the man mane out. You know, oh, it's, it's always like in the ponytail. The shoulders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think they do it when you're not around. <laughs> my boss, one of my bosses at work, he's got like a ponytail and. Uh, yeah, he gets it out every now and then. It's like full, like, yeah, like Michael Bolton sort of <laughs> doesn't get it out much. It's sort of, yeah, confronting. It's confronting. It feels, <laughs> it feels really intimate when he pulls, when it, when it comes out, you sort of go, oh no. Oh, what don't happens make now? eye contact. Yeah. You don't know what to do. So he keeps it up and he gets it all tidy. <laughs> so anyway, here's the deal. Phoenix's family's a bit full on. So his mum and dad, yeah, they like a bit of a mm. row every now and then. Uh, it's a bit of baggage. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of baggage. We do, well, we can never really know, but I I think he's pretty well balanced considering what's going on, I think. Um, and I don't want to speak out of school, but I, I think his dad might have had his dick burned off with acid. So yeah, I don't know happened. if that. <laughs> so I don't know if that. Yeah. Is a you know that's the sort of baggage we're talking here. So I don't know. I don't know if his if his if his if his grace physical grace makes up for any of that. But you know, so that's that's Phoenix. We'll put him aside for a second now. Uh, Guy Stockwell as Orgo. Okay, now mm-hmm. this is actually technically Daddy Daddy Phoenix. So knife thrower by trade. So again, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what the benefits of the job you know, what that comes with. But I think they provide the knives mainly. That's it. Um, he's got his own <laughs> – he's definitely got his own fashion, you know, sort of cuts his own, True. you know, uh, swathe. Uh, carnival you, chic. Yeah, carnival chic. <laughs> what do you think of the cowboy look and mm. more specifically the rhinestone cowboy look? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't okay. really do it for me. Okay, all right. Well, we'll just put that in the – in the maybe pile, but but anyway, mm. solid physique. That's true. Now I'm talking like steak and liquor sort mm. of body type. This is this is this is someone who drinks most of the day and yeah, just eats red meat and um, probably smokes as well. Mm. But it's given him that really solid, solid sort of body. Um, big dirty tattoo on the chest, sort of a bird prison house sort of job. Like I don't, it's not good. 
you know. Um, <laughs> it's faded and gross. So there's that. Hairy chest as well. Has That's you... true. Hot. Yeah. Okay. So, well, <laughs> see, that makes up for some of the other stuff, obviously. <laughs> Secret talent, hypnosis. That's true. Which is fun, you know. It's a good party trick. But, you know, you, you might wake up every now and then with no pants on. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if these things are related. I'm just saying that that'll happen. That could happen. You, you, you do the math. I don't know. Anyway, he wears a wig. Um, oh, yeah. He wears a wig. Now, if you're thinking the sort of more realistic, no, sort of blonde, absolutely nothing like the rest of his body. So he's mm. likes that sort of wig. You know, people just got the wig and you just go, wow, there's nothing like anything else that's going on in your in you. <laughs> That's the sort of wig he's got. Um. So he's got something, I guess, though, because there's interested parties. So that's true. If you want him, you you better step him up. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, right? he's the big Kahuna. He is. So that's Orgo. So let's start with uh, uh, Phoenix Keeper or Creeper. Well, Phoenix could do my nails. <laughs> he could. He's pretty good at that. Could do your nails. Um, he could. No, <laughs> I think that Phoenix Phoenix might be a friend. Might be friend zoned. Oh, okay. But not but, a keeper. Okay. So that, that unfortunately make, makes him a creeper. Yeah. So, but a friend zoned creeper, which is even mm. worse, I, I feel. Uh, so, <laughs> Daddy Phoenix, aka Orgo, keeper or creeper? Look, he's usually my type based mm. on the other people that I've said keeper to. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yes. I'm going to have to say with creeper. Like okay. him in, in naked in the street wasn't great. Mm. <laughs> you mean holding <laughs> holding his crotch and just getting that look of that big belly like yeah. this, you know. And you, you look at the condition of the man and you're like, for goodness sakes. That's right. Yeah. Disgraceful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Well that's keeper or creep. Well that, I got... that that whole scene with with the acid, like it it, it really kind of floored me. Like like you got the the chick, the tattooed chick going spread eagle, and then he rips her g-string off. Then you got sulfuric acid on his cock, the cutting off of the mother's arms. <laughs> then the pigeons eating the arms. The, and then and then he commits suicide, cutting off his own thro- like cutting slitting his own throat. Then the dogs start eating his blood, and all of this happens like in a couple of minutes. And yeah. you just you, like you didn't what mention the hell? that young Phoenix saw the whole thing. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. he's locked in a caravan. And crying and screaming, <laughs> yes. probably while Hodorowski's the director is screaming at him, you know, to <laughs> cry more. Do you know what the sad thing is? I was more sad that the mime got taken away, that the girl got taken away than yeah, what that, happened that to his sad, parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if I watch this again, I reckon if I watch this movie again, I reckon I'd be pretty busted up. Like mm. I reckon like now that I'm not as shocked by some of the, uh, you know, the sound and fury, I I, I, I was really 100% invested in Alma, the, the mime girl and, or the, yeah. the tightrope walker and – Phoenix's story, and I reckon that ending would just—I th- I can tell this movie's going to grow over time, and um, mm. I think it's going to get me real good. Well, well, their relationship, yeah. particularly when they're kids, is really quite sweet, you know. Mm. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, I just love that white face. 
she's got this like this this makeup on that she never really takes off and it's just such so incredible like like geez so bold you know mm. we haven't discussed the elephant in the room <laughs> how hot concha is concha was a bit hot this is mum yeah. mummy yeah she was hot yeah she and crazy so hot crazy yeah. hot yeah and that she's in a cult Yes. Yeah. No, she she was super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm into it. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of it. <laughs> well, we know you like them crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think it was a bit unfair that the proud trans woman had to fight in the ring with men when she should have been where she belongs, which is slaying filthy cis women? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, like you know, if we if if a trans woman isn't Beating the shit out of like cis cis gender women, then I'm not watching. Simple <laughs> as you like it. The other day, trans woman just slayed a bunch of chicks in on in in WA in the surfing comp, and and it was you know what? I don't think uh, surfing's ever had a triumph except for that day. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> So we're, we're talking about, so Phoenix goes, well, doesn't he, he sees a wrestling match with this. No, no, I know what, what it is. It's he sees a, like an advertisement go past for the strongest woman in the world. And then he goes to the yes. show to see her and, and, and she's like wrestling these, these Mexican wrestler guys. And so gets her to come back to the house to see his show. And, and, is that what and they call it's, it? <laughs> yes, they do. But, but, it's all, but it's all a bit of a ploy, though, because he wants a strong woman that will overpower him and stop him from killing. Isn't that the deal? I'll break his arms or something. Yeah, because he because he because he asks because the the mother's controlling his arms, saying, you know, you've got to kill. And then he says, "Break my arms, break my arms." Well, you you've you've explained it for me. There, I was a little, little mildly confused with that with that thread. That that makes a lot of sense. I was also loving just the wonderful gags in that in that that little story. So they did so many uh, of of her just like hitting him back and him falling over. Yes, yeah, mm. full naked gun, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. That's naked gun stuff. I loved it. Like like you know, and he was always like, huh, oh, like like it was like she was too strong, you know. <laughs> so good. And uh, John, what did you think of those huge bolted on tits? Are they are they everything you ever wanted? I just don't get this. AJ, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I know, because you can't get in this conversation because women go, they're not for you. And you go, <laughs> and you go, all right, I know they're not for me, but why do you do it? Like, we would like, we, if we've got any decision whatsoever, we would rather have a, like what you would think is the worst normal ones rather than the bolted on ones. <laughs> That's like, true. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, really? I've never, yeah, absolutely, yeah. like, yeah, like, you well, just there's, want... a, there's a certain guy that likes a bolted on tit. There is a guy, and he's always overbearing, and he's always, he's always he's the, the worst. worst. He's the worst. Those guys who just love it, they love bimbos, big bimbos, you know, and you just go, why do you love these boltons? Just like, just natural, nothing, nothing's better than something, yeah, you know? Well, they would probably say, if 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 I can if I can touch it, it's real. I know. So. They they they're these guys who want to live in the matrix. They're cipher and the mate. They're like, oh yes, this steak is so good. You know, I want to be back in the matrix. And you say, well, 
You keep living in the matrix, my, my, my bro. <laughs> I'm in the real world. I want, I'd rather want those flapjack titties. All right. Orangutan. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. It's all good, man. <laughs> all right. You got some trivia? Uh, I'm a bit light on the trivia, but I do have some. I got a couple. Oh, do you? I can add. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if I don't cover them, you can chime in. Uh, So the line spoken during the death of the elephant, which is the elephant is dying, is used. (laughs) Do the accent. accent. No, you just got to go like, you know, please don't die. (laughs) The elephant is dying. Uh, So that's actually used uh, as the opening line of of a song called What's Up With You, which is sung by Eddie Murphy and Michael Jackson. Did you see the song? I sent it to you guys. I did. What the fuck is that song all about? I, it's weird. I've got no I, words. Check it out. It's called What's Up With You. Uh, it's so weird. The elephant is dying. wasn't popular because I've never, I've never heard of it. I've never no. seen well, it. Well, I, I don't. Even Michael Jackson couldn't save Eddie Murphy's singing career. I don't think. <laughs> no, you know, like he, he was, a, a, you know, an electric comedian and good on screen, but his music. But they would have been at their height. Like we should have heard of this song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't work. Just didn't take off. So all the films advertised at the cinema where the Down Syndrome guys go, uh, they're all directed by the film's executive producer, Renee Cardona Jr. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, this film is included on Roger Ebert's greatest movies list. And as you said before, John, it features four of Hodowowski's sons. Well, a couple more, just a couple of little casting things that were interesting. Uh, so Dennis Hopper was offered the role of Orgo. Oh. Uh, for fifty, you should 000. have taken it. Oh, geez, I, I, you know, I mean, this guy was 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 fine, but fucking Dennis Hopper would have been over the top. Yeah, mm. he just would have been. It would have been amazing. Like, like you know, and because it was, it would have been Blue Velvet. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. And mm. just a, another weird little connection to Blue Velvet in a roundabout way. So the guy who did play Orgo is, is Guy Stockwell, and that's Dean Stockwell's brother. So Dean Stockwell is uh, the actor from. Uh, Quantum Leap, but also Blue Velvet. He is uh, the guy in Blue Velvet who's like, you're so fucking suave. Oh, like, he's yeah. the guy who's <laughs> suave. <laughs> <laughs> so w- w- why didn't Dennis Hopper do it? Not enough money. Yeah, I just, I just, it just, but he didn't, he didn't, didn't Too take busy it in, I guess, or whatever. But, but he, he should have. It would have been, would have been next level. I think that's all it's missing. Mm. It's missing someone like Hopper, mm. like because because everybody in it is, you know. I don't want to say a nobody, but but they're not. It just doesn't have that thing because Blue Velvet mm. has got Dennis Hopper, and, yeah. you know, and that is uh, there's something about that that you just go wow. Like so, I guess this for me needed just that one role of someone to give us give us something something electric. That's your trivia. Yeah, well, that's it. 
you didn't have much either. <laughs> I don't even do the trivia. I know. So, so, no, don't, so don't, don't give me shit about the trivia. <laughs> but yes, that's it. <laughs> so uh, I already mentioned Ebert. He loves it. Um, so he believed that, that it carried the moral message of, uh, of opposing evil rather than celebrating it which he felt that most contemporary horror films did. Um, so Ebert describes it as a horror film, one of the greatest, and after watching, uh, after waiting patiently through countless dead teenager movies, I'm reminded by um, Hodowowski that true psychic horror is possible on the screen. Horror, poetry, surrealism, psychological pain, and wicked humour all at once. It's not a horror movie. No. It's, well, it, this is it has elements of it, but it's not. It does, yeah. but it's not. Like, it, because a horror movie, and because I would argue that as a horror movie, it fails, you know, and uh, I think that it's, 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 it doesn't, you don't need to play into these, these categories anyway. You should be doing whatever it is you're doing. But if it's a horror movie, then by God, give me horror. Like, like the ending of this movie was not, this was a drama. Yeah. This was uplifting. This was this was a, a transcendent ending, and that's not something that horror gives you. Horror is meant to leave you the way Rosemary's Baby leaves you with that unsettling feeling. You just go, "Oh my god!" Or, you know, yeah, The Shining with that Jack frozen in the snow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's meant to be horrible. It's meant yeah. to be psychically horrible. And this was not that. So fuck you, Ebert. And I don't care what you say. <laughs> even even when Ebert's like nice. complimentary <laughs> to a film that we like, <laughs> we're like fuck you, Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> How much does the movie make? I could not find that out. It, it has an estimated budget. This is what IMDb says of uh, seven hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars. So just couldn't under a million. Find, but couldn't find what it made. But, it, yeah. but it was successful because because it changed Hodorowski's uh, fortunes. He was able to sort of rehabilitated as a filmmaker, and he and he was given you know a bunch more money next time, and and sort of yeah really did uh, completely turn him around. He was seen as a as a as a proper a viable person to to direct again like the film looked great didn't look but but it's because a a budget yeah but because they've shot it in mexico and you know they would have who's behind it these argento and the gang ain't no no permits no nothing they're just doing it and so you know when you shoot in america screen actors guild teamsters union Mm. The guys, the guys who drive the trucks, yeah, it's a big deal, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why Eli Roth uh, shoots his horror movies elsewhere else uh, as well. Like, you know, he shot Hostel in Europe and and stuff because you get more bang for your buck. You just you you can focus on making a film. And you know, I understand that people have got to um, eat and and make a living and whatever. But you know, I'm uh, this is one instance where I care more more about um the films than i do about the people who work on them <laughs> you know so it's like i want the film to be great mm. you don't have to work on films go and do something else go and work in a bank yeah you know if you if you're here to make a living do something else and let's have a better mm-hmm. movie i know that's not a popular thing to say but i said it <laughs> right. one one thing that i love about this movie is like the ever-present greek chorus of clowns and circus musicians don't you think that's cool i thought that was like cool. Yeah, like the circus musicians like underscore a bunch of scenes because they're just there and they're playing. Yeah, but I don't like clowns, but I thought it was cool. No, I, I don't understand the deal with clowns. Well, the most upsetting one, he sort of had pink skin-like mm. paint on his face. He was very upsetting. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, they all weren't very good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, perhaps we should uh, hit this Me Too meter. So only a few things to consider tonight because, you know, it's always a bit, it's always a bit difficult um, with, with, these, with these types of transgressive films. But still, as you know, uh, there's always something to say. So after the tattooed woman leaves the circus, we find out that she's become a prostitute. Now, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't judge people's life choices. Uh, sex work, as we know, is real work. And if anything, should be in, it should be encouraged and rewarded as a valid stream of income. You know, the whole notion that letting absolute disgustos pound away at you for a few bucks is so backward, you know. I mean, like, uh, 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 if you don't think that's good is what I'm saying. So, and and for that matter, if if you don't think that letting a heaving slob who just stumbled in out of the gutter, sticky, stinky, winky. In you. <laughs> if you don't think that's empowering, then we just need to get you just need to get with it. All right. So we'll leave that there. Anyway, furthermore, the fact that the tattooed woman sells her adopted daughter Alma to strangers without her knowing isn't proof that she's a reprehensible groomer, but more of a just a guidance counselor figure. <laughs> you know, and we've seen a lot of that lately. She's more merely just showing the girl how to how to get that money. You know, mm. in in this this man's world. Hashtag so. girl boss. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag girl boss. Sponsored by money. Disney Corporation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Phoenix shows himself to be a true 21st century hero when he asks the gargantuan trans woman wrestler on a date. He, unlike you two, uh, is not concerned with genitals when it comes to love. Uh, if you guys were not such bigots, uh, then you'd let a big hulking he/she pin you down and show you what for. Sexual preferences are just code for I hate trans people. Okay, as we've established, the only way to prove you are not a cishet bigot is to degrade yourself with whatever you're not into. When I uh, when I saw those awful hard plastic-looking titties on that wrestler, wrestler chick, I was not aroused uh, at all. I was not aroused, and this is how you find true North people. Force yourself to just go through with it, even if you're a bit sick in your mouth. Hashtag be kind. <laughs> so, Orgo gets a load of acid to the crotch when he's doing the dirty on his wife. And good, I say, if a man is cheating on you, don't leave him. Just get a corrosive liquid and pour it on his member. There's no case to answer here because of the discrimination and abuse women have had to put up with since we crawled out of the primordial ooze. Concha didn't burn or goes willy off. She was striking a blow to the patriarchy. And as we know, if this is your supposed objective, you can pretty much do whatever you want and get away with it. So uh, that's good. Put that in your back pocket. <laughs> do you guys have anything to add to the charges tonight? Anything? Anything? Well, 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 John, what does the woke manual say about dwarves donning blackface? Is that acceptable? Ooh, how how well. does that intersect? <laughs> ah, it's a tricky one because, you know, if you are a dwarf, you are a, 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 a proud minority person and you should be celebrated. But blackface, well, actually, Justin Trudeau has proven that a certain kind of simp can <laughs> survive blackface. So blackface is not something that can kill everyone but i don't know um i feel like we'll give them a pass on this one i feel like you could maybe get away with it mm. i think so aladdin but, is not cancelled no no because you as you know some people aren't cancelled that's true mm. you know jeffrey tubin whacking off on <laughs> zoom he's back zoom and tubin. 
Zoom and Tubin, <laughs> he's back. So, you know, you can you can sort of do these things and get away with it and everyone goes, oh, come on. So he had, be- had blackface. What's the big deal, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. The dwarf thing is, is, is tricky because I know there was this whole thing recently like, what were they trying to do? I think this... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just <laughs> it's just dwarf related. So one of the munchkins, I think they were they were contemplating whether to track down the munchkins because there was all these stories of mm. the munchkins diddling Judy, um, Judy Garland. Yes. And oh. so it was like, you know, what do we do? Real dilemma, woke dilemma. It's like, well, you know, I believe all women, but, you know. Fuck their munchkins. Fuck their munchkins. <laughs> like, But then again... <laughs> You know, maybe that they just they I don't know misunderstood or something. Maybe the power and oppression of the white woman <laughs> yes got to them, and that like you know you know what I mean. So that was sort oh, of like wow. anyway. I think they gave them. I think they gave them a pass in the end. So proves that uh, you know you can you can diddle and survive. I guess so, <laughs> that might be that's what I take. Could be under a certain height limit. <laughs> to enjoy this ride are you under <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, good, very good very good very good uh, well the me too meter it's another high one don't you think yeah 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 but then the downs people don't they take yeah a but few... they get exploited don't they they're, they're, they're kind of forced yeah, to the... snort cocaine and then <laughs> representation yeah, but the, as we've discussed, that representation has got to be the Outweighs. right representation. We don't want you. We don't want tokenism. Mm. You know, they were in a mental asylum. They should be. Yeah. You know, they should be president. In the White House. Yeah, they should be in the White House, and this movie should be about a president who's got Down syndrome. That that's the movie. <laughs> Either that's the movie, or the movie doesn't happen. You fucks. <laughs> and then you go. That's that's how it goes. And then you go. Okay. Well, I don't want to make that movie. I mean, it sounds like a good movie. That's not the movie we're making. They go. Well, that's it. And then you then you've got to fire the thirty just Down syndrome people. And they go. Good. <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> On to the next one. What's this? Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell. Fuck that. She's not Asian. <laughs> Fuck that. Cancelled. <laughs> you know, so that's what these people, they roll on to the next one, you know. That's true. They're it gets busy, very busy, confusing. Busy. Yeah, it is confusing. <laughs> I never said it made sense. So, <laughs> so we're all in agreement. It's a 10. Uh, well, AJ's not. Don't bully. Don't bully, AJ. What, is, what, is, what do you want, AJ? Do you give it? Do what you want. Don't be bullied. The kid stuff's pretty bad. Hmm. Um, yeah, maybe about an eight. Yeah, well, I think it's high because, yeah, as I said, completely beyond the pale. Like, like it, it is about an eight or a nine uh, because, I, I, again, I, I just cannot picture someone who buys into this modern garbage watching fucking five minutes at this point. Oh, movie. no, that's mm. true. Okay, so but, it's a, a 25. Well, because that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, if you showed any of them this movie, they'd just go, what is this? Like, because if you're the sort of person who thinks there should, who, no, who thinks there needs to be, a, a disclaimer before Little Britain and Gone with the Wind. Mm. Mm. Um, if 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 they're allowed to be on at all, if they're allowed to be on, but if they are, you have one of those things that says, "What happened in this movie? It's not. It wasn't right then, and it's not right now. We apologize." If you if you need those sorts of things, then this fucking movie would just blow your brain apart like scanners. It would just be like. <laughs> You know, like, it'd just be like, I don't know where to start. You know, either that or then again, I don't know. 
maybe the work people would be like, wait a minute, is this like a bit foreign in that? And you go, yes. And they go, well, you know, that's a bit different, isn't it? And you go, that's their culture. Well, it's, it's their culture. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, whose culture? That's and you go, Mexicans. It's Mexicans. It's their culture. And you go, he's Chilean and French. Yeah. And there's yeah. Italians behind this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's, there's, what are you talking about? They're Beautiful like, well, blanket. They're like, anyway, anyway, let's talk more about, um, you know, the Oscars and how, you know, I mean, fuck that. Fuck these people. I hate these people. Did you guys know that? I hate these people. I don't think the listeners knew. <laughs> listener, dear listener, fuck these people. Ah, shit. All right. Well, that was a great film. Uh, what a privilege to watch that. Uh, and I think we should go for it next week. What do you think? Go for the big one? The Holy Mountain. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's brace just, yourself, let's, AJ. Let's dive oh. in. <laughs> going to be good. And I think if you can be bothered, AJ, I'd, I would like a tarot reading. Okay. And Because I feel that that's, you know, that's going to go with the theme of yeah. the film. Sounds good. I'm All pretty right. excited about my new deck, my new Dali deck. Yeah, well, AJ bought this uh, the Salvador Dali deck that was made for Live and Let Die, which they never used. Mm. Right. It's pretty cool. It's a cool. He didn't make it till after Live and Let Die. So oh, okay. They, well, they, they couldn't they afford. Hit... Mm. They couldn't right. afford him to do it, but then he thought it was such a good idea that he just did it himself. Yeah, it's a cool okay. piece of art. Yeah, cool, wonderful. Mm. But right. I think Frank was a bit scared. Thought that I was one of those girls. Oh, uh, Wicker. Oh, girl yeah. is in the Wicker. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Go down to the crystal shop. <laughs> Katie was into some of that shit. <laughs> Katie was into Wicker and oh, all really? that and crystals and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's code for is she probably pokes. Emma. <laughs> like it's not she smokes, she pokes. Like that stuff is like, you just look at it and you go, yeah, yeah, she probably, she's up for it. I don't know what it is, but she's up for it. You know? <laughs> And she was. All right. <laughs> well, uh, that's probably enough, I think, for this week. Uh, we said what we said. Yeah. You you went hard early, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> you went real hard. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going right. to co-sign that. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> until next time, long live the new flesh. What happened in this movie? It's not, it wasn't right then, and it's not right now. We apologize.